Welcome to The Loop, where we untangle today's business issues by throwing real-life scenarios at our panel to deliver practical advice on how middle market companies tackle current business issues. Now, we're in the midst of the fourth industrial revolution, and data has taken centre stage as a gateway commodity for future business success. Getting the right finance solutions in place to ensure your business can grow, innovate and remain competitive in the global market is key in any sector, but has come to the forefront as an issue for manufacturing companies in the UK, given recent developments in the economy and, of course, as a result of Brexit. Well, I'm joined by Make UK's Director of Technology, Sustainability and Innovation, Tim Figures, and RSM's Head of Manufacturing, Mike Thornton, to talk out some of these issues, think about the challenges and and, and discuss some of the, the opportunities that are there. So welcome to you both. Thank you. Thanks. Great to be here. First, before we get into the, the, the nuts and bolts of the programme, Tim, maybe just Talk to me a little bit more about Make UK. Absolutely. Well, Make UK is the national membership organisation for the manufacturing sector in the UK. Our role is to help and support our members on the one hand by giving them very practical advice and delivering certain services that they need, but also to advocate for our sector, which we do here in uh, London with uh, government and other policymakers. And that's really where my role comes in. Okay. And Mike, you're a friend of the programme. This is the second time you've joined us now on The Loop. Maybe just talk us through a little bit more about your role at RSM as uh, Head of Manufacturing. Well, I'm delighted to be back, John, um, on this latest podcast. My role is I'm our National Head of Manufacturing. And and in that role, for me, that's about making sure that our firm provides um, services to our clients that are relevant and understood in the context of the industry. Okay. So we've got plenty to talk about on this programme. We're here to untangle practical advice for middle market companies on core business issues that could be impacting performance and operations right now. We're going to do this, and Mike, you'll know this, we're going to do this using real life examples and throwing them at you. We're looking for you to deliver guidance on how to deal with those different scenarios. So before we jump in, do you accept the challenge? We do. Absolutely. Or I do. <laughs> we both do. We both do. <laughs> the royal we. That's right. So let's jump in. Let's get into the first um, scenario. Um, now, you're part of a medium-sized commercial lighting manufacturer based in Manchester. Your company is looking to increase its offering by developing some new products and taking advantage of energy efficiency techniques where possible using sustainable materials. You'll need to find some more money to facilitate the product development. Tim, given your knowledge of the industry and what you see across your membership, I'll come to you first. What should the manufacturer be thinking about in this case? Well, I think the first thing really is to focus around the sustainability and energy efficiency aspects. It sounds to me as though these are both products that, uh, when they're sold, will contribute towards energy efficiency and decarbonising our economy more generally. But uh, if in their production, energy efficiency and sustainability techniques can be embedded, then that provides a real uh, opportunity to make a strong business case for investment. Now, because this manufacturer is based in Manchester, they're lucky enough to be in a part of England where there's a specific initiative going on at the moment to promote digital manufacturing by small and medium-sized enterprises. It's called Made Smarter. 
Um, at Mate UK, we hope in future it will be rolled out across the country as a whole. Okay, so I'm a fortunate company in terms of location here. Take me through Make Smarter a little more. This is a government initiative. So it's an initiative backed by government and the manufacturing sector as a whole at Make UK. We are involved with it as well. Uh, but what it's doing is testing out approaches to support small businesses through uh, the digital transformation that manufacturing is going through at the moment. Advice on what technology you should invest in and probably some financial support and assistance to pay for that investment. So the first step, uh, if you are in the Northwest, would be to approach uh, the Made Smarter team, and uh, you can find them through their uh, website, uh, and they will be able to come and talk to you and take you through uh, what they think you should do um, along this journey and talk through the range of support, advice and finance that might be available. Mike, I'm going to come to you uh, in the role of advising the FD of this organization. What would your recommendations be to to finance the opportunity that our business sees here? I think that you can throw that into two buckets really. The first bucket is are the are that does that business have its own finances in in order? And then secondly, do they need to look to external funding? Whenever whenever anybody says talks about new products uh, for new markets, we immediately think about research and development tax credits, which there's still a proliferation of manufacturers out there who aren't claiming research and development tax credits. And it's a very, very favourable regime for getting money back from, from HMRC to self-fund product development. Now, that, that is interesting. Why is that the case? Is it simply uh, that uh, financial directors and their teams are unaware or they don't have the time or the government's not promoting this credit as a, as a possible option for them? Well, I know... I'm sure Tim will have a thought on this, but but from my perspective, it's not that they aren't aware; it's that they think that the work that they're doing doesn't necessarily qualify. They, 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 there's almost a mindset of, well, what we're doing there is not research and development. Tim, are you, are you seeing that when you when you talk to members? A lot of our members uh, would say that when they've sought and got advice from from people uh, on the tax credit system, they've discovered large amounts of expenditure uh, that they've been able to claim against the tax credit that previously they hadn't considered eligible. Mike, we've talked about unlocking the potential inside a business in terms of options that are already there, um, uh, tax credits as well. What about other forms of finance? I mean, I suppose... In the old days, you might just think of going and talking to your bank, whichever bank you you um, are with as a business. But it's not as easy as that necessarily. What alternatives are there as well? Well, I think that's a really interesting point, John. The really important point for me is is mirroring uh, what you're trying to achieve with the right type of finance. So um, perhaps sometimes it's all too easy to think, right, we need to put the call into the bank. But depending on what you want to do and what you fund is going to impact on the appetite that, say, a bank will have around lending. So it might be that if you if your plans are very ambitious and, say, you're moving like this business, you're moving into uh, new markets with new products, it may well be that actually what you need to be looking at is some form of equity finance, which might come from, from private equity or something in between private equity and, uh, and debt. What kind of barrier is upfront investment for many of the kind of firms that we're thinking about here? Well, I think for the, the vast majority of businesses, that upfront expenditure, particularly if they've not budgeted for it, is a barrier. Um, you know, the finance director inevitably is looking after the the company purse. So if if you've got a, a proposition where 
the upfront spend might not pay back for three years. That can be difficult for for many businesses. But you know, the interesting thing about investing in increased sustainability or digital manufacturing is it actually ought to reduce costs. And so there is a real way in which the cost of the upfront investment can be paid back. And increasingly, we see suppliers of the equipment or the services that are needed to support these investments offering finance terms that really allow you to operate on a spend to save basis. So typically, a bit like the way car leasing tends to work, uh, there would be finance provided along with the installation of the uh, initial product. And you'd have the confidence that you were saving money through reduced energy bills, for example, that would give you the savings you needed to make the finance payments over time. Mike, if you get to the stage where you're perhaps seeking finance through an alternative uh, supplier, what are we talking about in terms of costs here? Does it tend to cost a little bit more? Are the risks high? What are the what are the issues you have to think about in terms of that for, as an FD? Well, the, the the finance cost for the for the business is is always going to be linked to the risk. So, if you were looking at private equity investment, that's no small undertaking. It's a it's, it's a big old thing to put in place, um, and the, and the cost can be substantial. But then, of course, if the the flip side is if the business case for the new product to enter a new market um, is compelling and, and is substantial, then that should, that all needs to be factored into the to the business case. Finance providers don't like surprises, be they um, based on historic numbers or on forecast numbers. So I think the it's really important that the finance director supports the the owner of the business or the managing director in in building credible forecasts, supporting the the business case for whatever the investment is. Okay, I'm going to. Summarise a little bit, and perhaps, gentlemen, you can tell me if it's even close to uh, <laughs> what, what you would agree with. But manufacturers need to consider how to optimise their own cash positions. I think, Mike, this is what you've been referring to, as well as looking at ways that they can raise finance from external sources. It's important to look at all options and, where possible, check out which tax reliefs are available. There are more varied and tailored funding options coming into the industry all the time. So it's important to be open to new developments and to to look at structuring the company in a way that could entice more funding. Do you think that sounds like a reasonable summary of where our business is and what it needs to think about? I think it does. What I'd also say is perhaps going slightly back to first principles, just making sure that um, in the business proposition, they've really thought through all options and are doing uh, the right and most uh, effective and efficient thing. I'm going to move on to our next scenario now. Um, And for this one, we're a healthy snack food manufacturer. We've moved down southwest now in Exeter and we're looking to introduce new environmentally friendly packaging for a new gluten-free Products are very much of the of the age that we're in now. Uh, the business is struggling with productivity, though, and this change will require digitalization. So you need an injection of cash to get the product off the ground and into the market. We've exhausted all possibilities of finding cash from within the business. So to your point, Mike, earlier. Tim, I'm going to come to you first. Where would you start in terms of looking for funds required for this innovation? 
Well, uh, as we're now in the Southwest, unfortunately, the uh, Made Smarter work <laughs> isn't available, but there are lots of other bodies and agencies that operate across the country who can also help. So I think so you the, wouldn't advocate moving the factory to the north. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, as you come from Leeds, I'm not sure you would advocate that either, would you? Um, uh, we would advocate uh, the opportunities currently available in the Northwest being made available to people wherever they wherever they might be uh, in the country. But but right now, unfortunately, if you're in Exeter, that isn't that isn't possible. That said, local enterprise partnerships exist uh, right the way across England. Their job is to work with the local authorities, universities, businesses and other stakeholders to promote local economic development. I would also say, though, for a sector like food and drink, again, it's really important to take advice from um, professional people as to exactly how the digitization process should work, making sure that by the time a proposition comes to grant funders, private equity or whoever else, it's really thought through and in particular can deliver real productivity improvements. The reason that's critical is because being able to robustly demonstrate the savings that will be made, the cost savings that will be made or the uh, efficiency improvements that will derive from this investment is what will give any funder confidence that they will get their money back because there will be positive cash flow from which repayments can be made. And when you're talking to businesses, Mike, when you're advising them, is this the type of situation increasingly that you find yourself talking about, advising on? Yeah, I mean, increasingly we're talking to both manufacturing and non-manufacturing businesses about their digital strategies. What we find is that it does tend to be more incremental than it is a big, um, a, a big bang effect. You know, the businesses, and, and I think that reflects a degree of caution of, of and, and perhaps nervousness about the about the unknown as to will these things really deliver the benefits that that businesses are looking for. I think one of the main concerns quite a lot of the members I talk to have is delivering the change management necessary to embed new technologies and new ways of working. So this is process then. Absolutely. I mean a lot a lot of traditional manufacturing businesses know very well how to produce a particular product in a particular way and have been doing the same thing the same way for a really very very long time. Uh, I think our experience is that those who've done this successfully have done it in an incremental way rather than saying we're just going to totally change the way we've done things for 25 years. They've introduced some small improvements. Uh motivated the workforce to use those the workforce have bought into the benefits that they get from doing things slightly differently and then built on that to introduce further new ways of working and built it up over time now it's a big picture question i'd like to put to you both um we talk about this being the fourth industrial revolution of course the first industrial revolution was here in the uk do we still care enough about manufacturing here? It's 10% of the economy when it was obviously much more in the past. Does it matter still to government, to, to people? Obviously, it matters to your members, Tim, and to the people, Mike, that you're speaking to. But ultimately, is it enough at the heart of the economy of the UK, do you think? 
I think it's important to remember that the UK is the ninth largest manufacturing uh, country in the world. There are around 2.7 million people directly employed in manufacturing and communities uh, up and down the country where the wider economy is highly dependent on the manufacturing sector. We also represent a very significant proportion of private sector research and development. So manufacturing really supports the economy and communities right across the country. And uh, Mike, do you share that view? Do you share uh, that optimism about the future for manufacturing when you're talking to uh, to clients and to, to to others as well about what their needs are? Yes, I, I, I do. I think if you look at the if you look at the German economy, it's it's a third of the a third of the economy's manufacturing. So you could take the view of saying it's manufacturing small, but in reality, we have a very strong service sector. So I'd look at it and say, well. In the new, as we move forward, the opportunity for us to grow manufacturing is significant. And if you look at all of the, the majority of the research and development in the country and the innovation, um, and the majority of exports are all driven from the manufacturing sector. Mike, um, productivity issues are a constant source of concern in the UK when we uh, compare ourselves with uh, other major European economies. Is it down to investment in technology to solve this issue, do you think? I think so. I mean, I, I think picking up on the scenario, I mean, I, I would always advocate that it's, it's unlikely everything's been exhausted from a, the perspective of whether there's free cash flow within the, more cash flow in the business that can be used to fund the investment. Right, so you still think there's an option to I do. To, I, do. To, to, I, to I, I, believe in, I believe in whatever you're doing, continuous improvement is always applied. So there's always, you can always get a bit better Um whatever you're doing. One of the big, big barriers we see to our members, particularly at the, at the smaller scale, uh, embarking on uh, a digital transformation is they think it's very complicated and very expensive. And actually it isn't. Some of our most successful SME members have started very simply, maybe doing something as basic as um, automating some of their back office processes, mm. let's say their finance department or things to do with their, their HR. And that in itself has released resources which have been deployed to go elsewhere in the business. And they've learned so much from that. They've then tried out other things uh, to do with the manufacturing process that they're undertaking. Well, just back to our Exeter-based firm then, based on the advice that you've been sharing. Uh, to summarise, digitisation and technology continue to be key areas of focus for manufacturers with long-established industry challenges regarding productivity and the skills gap driving many to look at embedding new technologies within their businesses. I think we can all definitely agree on that. The, the options for gaining access to finance for these types of projects relating to technology and sustainability are diverse and continue to evolve. I think that's right. And networking and taking advantage of uh, the advice and support that is available is critical. Uh, learning from others, seeing what others have done and picking the things from other people's experience you think might work for you, or even just looking at technologies that may be in use elsewhere and thinking about how those might be uh, adapted for use in your business. Okay, well, we're almost out of time. Before I let you go, um, I'd like to learn a little bit more from you both, just in terms of a couple of pieces of advice, the parting thought perhaps for both our companies that we've been thinking about here um, in terms of how they should be uh, seeking the opportunities that, that are certainly there for, for the future. Tim, I'll come to you first. What would your top tip be? 
Well, we've talked a lot in both of these examples about publicly supported forms of advice and finance. And as someone who used to work uh, for the government, I know that you know the government sets up initiatives because it wants to drive particular outcomes or particular behaviours by business. So it's really important in putting together the investment proposition particularly if a business wants to take advantage of some public program, to think about what it is that the government or, or the regional or local authority is trying to achieve and see if they can match their proposition to what the purpose of the grant or finance scheme is. Uh, it's going to be less effective if someone comes up with an idea first in isolation and then tries to fit it into a financing project. They may well find that it doesn't work. Uh, think about it the other way around, look at what's available and think what you can do that might fit well with what the government's trying to oh, achieve. That's interesting. So make yourself relevant to the way that government is thinking and, and its objectives as well. And Mike, for you, any top tips that you would share? Well, I think my my first tip would be a bit of a cliche, but cash is king. Um, I think that's one of the first, as an accountant, one of the things, first things you get taught is the, the importance of cash in any business. And I think the looking close to home at the how you run your business um, from a financial perspective and making sure that you don't let people take advantage of you and that you don't run big inventory levels and that you, you do generate free cash flow is going to be the bedrock of enabling you to make small incremental investments or bigger ones in in adaptive um, technologies or productivity gains. Okay, Mike, thank you. It's been a fascinating subject, uh, but unfortunately we're out of time now. So Tim, Mike, thank you both very much indeed. And if you want to find out more information on the issues we've been talking about, then please visit RSM's website at www.rsmuk.com forward slash access hyphen to hyphen finance. And to find out more about Make UK, head to www.makeuk.org. And as always, we're keen on your view. So please do rate us and leave a review. And to keep in the loop, please subscribe to The Loop and listen to our next podcast where we'll untangle today's big business issues. Mm-hmm.